Hey guys. All right. <laughs> All right. We are back for another Happily Never After. Happily Never After. Winterfest is over, people. Oh my god. Thank God we made it through. <laughs> and got no one got frostbite. <laughs> made it through without frostbite. I love that. Um so yeah, this is our tenth episode. Woo-hoo! So I feel like it's is very fitting for the uh, the content that we're doing today because we are not doing a movie today. Um, we're sort of in that lull between Winterfest and Valentine's Day, which premiere. We'll do quick quick plug and shout out for Hallmark. Uh, My Secret Valentine uh, premieres this Saturday night. Go and watch My Secret Valentine. It'll be super fun, and we're going to recap that one for you. It's with Lacey Chabert and Andrew Walker, who was in A Bride for Christmas, which we recapped for Christmas, uh, yes. Countdown with Christmas. It's super good. Please watch it so we can discuss if there's an elevator in this movie and if it opens directly in someone's apartment. Which, again, for the record, I believe is penthouse sexy. <laughs> for the record, creepy as hell. I love it. I want a door, and I want a peephole. Yes, I understand, Robin. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. So, what we're going to do instead today, which I think is going to be super fun, is really just talk a little bit about the Hallmark formula. Um, As we know, we watch many, many of these movies, and they do revolve around a specific type of formula or cadence of events that um, really helps to wrap up into this nice little package. Uh, It's predictable. It's very predictable. Yes, that's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's some comfort in that. And I think that's part of why we love we we love to hate them. <laughs> we love to hate them. Yeah. I think the thing is, is when you watch it, you watch it for comfort. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely correct. And um, we read a couple articles to yeah. do our own little research, and a lot of the articles brought up that in 2017, Hallmark shot through the roof viewership. Yeah. And it's because. You turn on the news and everything's negative, everything's bad. It doesn't matter if it's the president or the people who hate the president. It's all negative, negative, negative. Um, North Korea has threatened us with nuclear war because that's smart. And we've threatened the Mac because apparently we have a shinier button. I don't know. (laughs) So we have all these things that we watch in the news, and it's never positive. Not the news. You know, your local news will do a feel-good story or two, but... It's always something kind of simple and trivial. Right. And it's, it's not that real overarching good. So I get it. I mean, I like watching these movies, too, because it's like, okay, I'm a single woman. Maybe I can fall in love with someone in three days. Probably get divorced <laughs> later. Hashtag divorce rate. But Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, we start getting leaning too much into the fantasy, and then we start mm-hmm. thinking the fantasy is real life, and then real life does not then turn out like the fantasy does, and then we see mm-hmm. bad things happen. But anyway. But we have a formula. formula. There's a formula. formula is, and we, we've said this before and laugh about it, but a child star that hasn't mm-hmm. been seen for 10 years, maybe. Yes. A B-list actor. B-list actor. Because um, those people are usually on the B-list. We're not talking the, you know, Carrie Washington isn't going to do a Hallmark movie. Do, if she did, though, how being awesome with that thing. The of course, she wouldn't to be it. in a Hallmark movie. Neither one of them would be in a Hallmark movie for two reasons. A, they're known. B, they're not white. I mean... Because <laughs> Carrie Washington is not going to allow somebody to blur her out of a movie. <laughs> and so this is the thing. Like, some of these articles that Rain and I have been watching, you know, they talk about the formula, and, and it, it again... 
the people who voted for Trump, the evil people who voted for Trump, which, by the way, I don't think you're evil. <laughs> no. Um, you know, they're white supremacists, and they like white people and God. And, okay, yeah, you can like white people and God and still not hate black people or gay people. Right, absolutely. It does exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's um, more to it than that. It's a little bit yeah, more complex. Sure. You have the child actors. Or be less person. Yes. Um, the person that was good in lighting. Yeah, you <laughs> As know. Reagan said that. That's I what love. I always say. Because they're always, they're not quite. Yeah. Something's a little off. There's something a little off sometimes with that but person. But I kind of find that person more attractive than the mainstream people. Well, then that's good. Then they're, 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 I, well, I am. You're the person they're looking for. <laughs> I am also white and 34. So yes, <laughs> or 35. Oh, I'm 35 Ooh, now. You're 35. So yeah, I'm exactly the demographic. <laughs> That's true. Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk but about the age demographic they're looking for. I don't hate homosexuals. No. I do not hate black people. Otherwise, oh. this podcast would be very different. <laughs> Hashtag Reigns Black. It, it would be more of a debate style, I think, format. I don't think debate is good. I think we're both pretty classy people, but yet somehow I don't think it'd be a debate either. Probably not. Probably not. We wouldn't be doing um, that. Um, so wait, what's the other, there's, um, there's a Christmas town, right? There's sort of like a, so, well, the Christmas movies, it's a Christmas town, but it's a feel good name. Yes. Something that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. There's actually a town called Cookie Jar that they've done in one of these movies, but Evergreen is another one. Garland, Alaska, they're all fictional towns that don't actually exist. That's what fictional means. But you know, they're sometimes, or they're big cities where (laughs) like Frozen in Love in Denver. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Denver is apparently only white people and only has 15 people shopping. Right. And <laughs> where a bookstore owner and a hockey player will make front page news like that. Like, yeah. With no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't even happen in Charlotte. Right. Cam to- Newton was in a car accident for like two two days before the news got a hold of it. Like, what? What are you guys doing? Yeah. What is? Come on, North Carolina. That's your, that's your football star. Stop playing. You just need to follow him around because he is news. Um, another part of the formula is that you have to believe in the power of Christmas. Yes. Which, or Jesus, baby Jesus. But like, okay, let's talk about this believing in the power of Christmas because they don't they don't specifically reference Jesus, right? But there is this sort of overarching the Christmas spirit, you mm-hmm. know, Christmas time, and that anything can happen at Christmas, and it's kind of like. Okay, I you know, again here, I'm just going to, like, put my hand up because growing up, like, you know, I get that for some people Christmas really means, like, this super deep religious, like, connection to to that, you know, and that's, that's fine. That's not where I sit. But baby Jesus, <laughs> it's his birthday. It's, it's kind of a thing. Yeah, go shorty. I get it. But, like. <laughs> Did you just call Jesus Shorty? Oh my gosh. And you know what? I'm just going to say this for the record. Jesus is up there smiling at that. He is. Because he gave you a sense of humor. And I bet he likes In the Club. Stop playing. That is a damn catchy tune. He is dancing. Just stop. We're not going to read the comments. Anyway. No. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I mean, this whole thing of like the Christmas spirit and whatever, it's kind of just like this really hokey idea of like, Anything can happen. Like, what? No, just it's no, a lot of days, like every other day. <laughs> Y'all, I go to church. I'm going to keep it real with her. Thank you. But this is good. This is why, you know, this is why this is good, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't go to church. Robin goes to church. So, spill it. Say it. What do you What do you got? <laughs> what do I got? 
my church lets gay people get married in the sanctuary. <clears throat> so what I got, most most of the country is not going to agree with. <laughs> right. But, um, I think, and maybe this is me wanting to believe the best, but given the fact that suicide rates are so high over the holiday season. You've mentioned this too many times on this podcast. <laughs> Have I really? I don't even remember the music. I cried for Christmas the music. Oh. Blue Christmas. Oh, the press Christmas music. Yeah, I did yes. bring that up. But it's a thing, so I think it's it's nice to give somebody the idea that your life can change in a week. So, you know, don't off yourself because things could change in a week. That being said, again, what kind of dangerous precedent are we setting here when people actually think that this could be reality? Right, right. And when you think about the demographic, and we'll get to that in the article. Yeah, let's but meet someone on Craigslist to go to our Christmas party and to go meet our parents. Word. Like, I'm sorry. That is not Rape? a recipe for disaster. Murder? Not a recipe for love. At least an STD. <laughs> I mean, you don't know these people. Anyone with a phone. Which is everybody, girl. Preach. You can have a Craigslist account. Yes, this is Let's dangerous. Talk about sexual predators. Dangerous behavior, people. Do not do this. But you know what? You're so right, though. I think you make a good point about the whole your life can change in a week. I never really thought about it that way. But I so get the positivity be- of that and I get the optimism. But of can that. we be a little bit more realistic? Yes, that's all I'm asking for. And honestly, when I was reading this first article that we have, so the first article that we really started reading was from Thrillist. It's called Why the Hallmark Channel is Completely Dominating in 2017. So they really start talking about this whole countdown to Christmas and, you know, when they really go full force in Hallmark around these movies. And they create something like, I think in 27, they did like 33 movies or something um, for specifically for Christmas and they all premiere and it's, you know, these B-list actors with the Christmas town and all the things that we've talked about. Um, But when they talk about the demographic that they are, um, you know, shooting for, it's really a 25 to, I think it was 25 to 47 or something. 25 to 54. That's a huge age range. I was so like, that's a lot of friggin' women. It's insane. Well, and it shocks me that it stops at 54. Right. Because this is, when I see who's acting in these, and I see who, you know, storylines and how people are represented and things like that, I think it's very much representative of what my parents, who were in their 60s, uh-huh. watched when they were growing up. It's very happy days. Yes. It's very... Feel good, yeah. American Gilligan dream, Island and Mary Tyler Moore, all this stuff, and, and yeah. that didn't have diversity. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the diversity you see on mainstream television, mainstream television, freaks people out. Not because they're uncomfortable necessarily with black people mm-hmm. or Latino or Latina people. I should mm-hmm. just say Hispanic, um, or even gay or straight people. I don't think it's necessarily just that. I think it's just. When they want something to escape realism, they go back to what made them happy as a kid. And that's why I think a lot of the actresses and actors now that are coming up are the ones that you and I watched when we were a kid. Right. But the thing is, is if you're aiming for 25 to 54, we grew up in multicultural neighborhoods. Right. We grew up with people who were homosexual. Exactly. And it's, it's you it's know. It's not realistic. Yeah. Well, I hate this. It, we... Read another article, and I'm not going to plug what 
the title of it is or where it came from, because I think it's a disgrace to humankind, frankly. Um, but all the comments were horrible, and it's like, we love Hallmark because it's white and it's Christian, and that's just like America. And so, of course, I immediately pull up the demographic statistics, because that's who I am. But even going to that first, there's this preconceived notion that to be Christian, you have to be white. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't like that. Like, as a Christian, yeah. Jesus is there for everybody, regardless of your color, because Jesus showed one white. Right. Well, and my mom is a born-again Christian, you know, so yes. that doesn't track What's for like her, you know? The most faithful people I have ever met are Southern Black Baptist people. Right. They praise Jesus every day. They understand this whole idea of having faith without, you know, without seeing it's mm-hmm. this whole praise Jesus through the good times and the bad times. White people struggle with that. <laughs> because how many white people you know really had that bad a time compared to slavery? Like, let's just go there. You know what I'm saying? No, I guess. So I just I feel like I understand the Christian thing. If you're going to do the Christian thing, then you mm-hmm. can still be multicultural. Right. If you're not going to, if you're going to be multicultural and be not necessarily Christian, that's cool too. Like, do right. whatever. Right. But I don't like the assumption that Christianity is white. Right. No, I just, that doesn't make any sense even. Um, and, you know, I guess just to take it a more secular route, like this article talks about, you know, these opposite lifestyles, town versus country, family life versus single woman in the city. So this is one thing. <laughs> this is why. Oh, sorry. I am. I'm sorry. You know, these towns, Cookie Jar and, and whatever. Like, there's for real a town called Cookie Jar in one of these movies. I didn't yeah. watch that one. Yeah, people. It's, we it's, looked it up because we didn't believe it. Yeah. And they, yeah. they really did call a town Cookie Jar. Great job, Hallmark. Because um, that's what but, we need to be reminded of the cellulite on our thighs. <laughs> I mean, really. But, like, can we have cinch waste, Bill? Like, <laughs> We're we're doing silly names. That's where I want to live. Stay at home, mom town. Um, but where you can still afford a flat. Yeah. There's this idea that the big city is the evil enemy of good wholesome living, and I really hate that. So yes. I am a person who I'm a woman who has lived in a big city. I lived in New York City, and I have lived in a small town, Granby, Connecticut, and. You know, now I live in whatever Matthews, which I guess is small town ish. Small town ish, but it's Charlotte. You it's know, small it's town not outside a small of Charlotte. Town, you're right? in, the, yeah, you're in the mix of Charlotte, though. So I've, you know, and I grew up in San Jose, California, where it was very diverse. So I've really seen a lot. And like, I'm sorry, but everyone, this notion that everyone in a small town is good, is like no. not a real thing. Like. Please stop poisoning people's belief systems with this shit that... Oh, like Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, that's a... How's that going? Well, I mean, that's... Those people are... I don't know. That's a different thing. Because those people's water is being poisoned. Um, And that's a big government thing. But, like, I just feel like how many times have I said, on this podcast even, that I felt safer living in New York City or walking around at night in New York City than I would in my own town, you know, like, or in a small town. Mm -hmm. I think it's relative, right? Like what you're used to. And, you know, just because there's this small town doesn't mean everybody in a small town is good. And it doesn't mean that everybody in a big city is bad. And there's all of this weird, like 
you've got to escape the big city to go live a life that's better. And, I, like, for me, I just think that's really gross. Well, again, it, it's, just, it's the American dream of the 1950s. Ugh. Get yes, your of the 1950s operative phrase. Yes. Yeah. Half acre or an acre lot in a suburb where you can have your 2.5 kids. Exactly. And your white picket fence. Your white picket fence. Not and a black picket fence. Of course not. Because, hell no. <laughs> not and, a wrought iron fence. And a golden retriever <laughs> named Spot or Dalmatian or something like that. But a lot of neighborhoods in the 90s, especially in early 2000s, they were cookie-cutter houses. And they all have the garage that sticks out of the front of the house. Planners called snout houses because it looks like a nose. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, people think that this is a safe neighborhood. No, this is the neighborhood where some guy brutally murders his whole family. And the police show up. And the news reporter is, like, interviewing the neighbors. And the neighbors are like, we never thought something like that could happen. I'm like, have you ever seen your neighbor? <laughs> They pull their car into their garage. They do not make eye contact or talk to anybody else, and they go directly into their house. They leave and get into their car, and they pull out of the garage. You never see anybody. There's no communal space. There's none of that. That's why I think small towns have a better feel sometimes, but definitely not in the suburbs. But, I mean, I agree with you. There's There's a perception. And let's just put it out there. There are some people... That are not born to live in a city. Right. There are some people that are not born to live in the country. And let's let's just stop saying that one's better than the other. Right. Exactly. Like again, just things are relative, and one is not right, one is not wrong. They just are. And where I grew up, yeah, there was a it takes it to a dark place. But um, a middle school kid got murdered, mm-hmm. and his brother went to jail. For the murder and in I was in school with his brother like this was a kid that I had classes with yeah. and it, there if you want if you listen to the serial podcast they did an episode on this and stuff and you know whatever and I'm not going to get into opinions of that but that happened in a small white town yeah. I mean largely white so I agree with you like this sense of, of I just think it's false it is it is exactly false and if we look at demographics, if we talk about New York City, mm-hmm. right? So the first movie we talked about was in New York City. Mm-hmm. All white people. Let's just pull up the stats. Well, besides the token black friend. <laughs> the one token black friend who was, I think, drunk in two of the three of the scenes. Because apparently that's it. It was painted with a ghetto brush. Oh, very ghetto brush. voicemail. With this, and a C-note. <laughs> Hashtag. It's so fun to bring these back for you guys. It really is. <laughs> Brings my life. Memories. But um, New York City, population. And this is from the census, people. This is like the legit place to go. The white population in New York City is 44%. That is less than half. Still a majority. Because the other races combined get up the other, you know, 56. Um, do you still think that is low? Probably. Um, but I also think in our culture, you still have people that if they look white, they're going to say they're white because it, it's easier. Yeah. Uh, my ex is mostly Italian, mm-hmm. like over 50% Italian, but his grandfather's straight out of Lebanon, like Lebanese. Right. My son is what, like an eighth, mm-hmm. an eighth Lebanese and I was talking to him one day about, you know, when you mark race, do you put anything down from Middle Eastern or anything like that? And he's like, no, why would I? I'm like, because there's a good, strong part of you that is. 
He's like, no, I'm white. So, I mean, we have these issues. But getting back to the demographic, I think there's something interesting in that that, that I found, you know, found to be interesting. So we're in, so you and I, Robin, mm-hmm. we're in the target demographic. We're in this, we're deep in this 25 to 54, you know, we're in there. Please. Would you have been watching these movies if we weren't doing this podcast? Like, is the Hallmark something that you'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to turn this on and... You know, I'm going to burn through three of these movies on a Saturday. Nope. Not unless I have the flu, mono. <laughs> um, actually, not at all, because I don't have cable. Um, and I have to watch them on the internet. Now, funny you say that, though, because when I go home, mm-hmm. my stepmom's watching Hallmark all the time. And my dad now loves it. That's hilarious. And I, I will say, th- there was this one Christmas movie that I did love. Oh. And, like, they made a miniseries out of, and it's something that we haven't watched yet. It's like these people at the post office that help find and find the people for the underlivered mail. Oh. I like that whole concept I love. And it's still hokey. But everyone needs the hokiness. We need that escape from reality. Right. But, yeah, who's watching this? It's not your target demographic because the demographic has changed. You have to change your formula a little bit. And I really watch stuff. For the actors, you know what I mean. Like so, you know, I, I probably Mario Lopez. Hell yes, <laughs> exactly. But guess what? He's Latino. <laughs> and for me, it's all based on nostalgia. So I watched, you know, as I've said on this podcast, I watched a lot of Saved by the Bell. So if there's one, I've watched the one with Mark Paul Gossler, Twelve Days of Christmas or Twelve Dates of Christmas. That's what it's called. I've watched the couple with with Mario Lopez. Anything that's like, yes, you know, that like takes me back to a time or to a show that I really like. Like sometimes I like the ones with Danica McKellar because it reminds me that she was in the Wonder Years and I loved that show so much. And I used to like be super faithful yes. about that show. I think that was like every Tuesday night. Like I love that. Um, you know, so I for me, it's more about the nostalgia, like like Joey, you know, Joey Lawrence. Like I probably watched that movie. Like I had seen that I only one. watched Blossom for Joey Lawrence. <laughs> or you weren't watching it for Maya, let's be honest. No. She was I could not those. pull off the flower hat with like the flip up rim. It just wasn't my thing. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I liked it. But, I tried um, to pull it off. It just didn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Obviously we all watch them for different reasons, but you know, I don't I'm not watching it because like, oh my god, it takes me it's my escapism. Like, no, I just watch it because like they're kind of silly and I know they're hokey and I know it's more of a guilty you don't have pleasure. To think about it. Exactly. You don't have to watch a Hallmark movie and know what happened in the prequel or understand what happened in the first five minutes because there's no. a twisted ending. Nope. So it is something that if your brain hurts because you work too much or you've had the rough day with the kids, you're right. It's easy to watch and it's hopeful regardless. Yes. Comforting again. Yeah. But, and I think you hit on it. It's nostalgia. So even though their target demographic is 24 to 54, the people who watch it most are the people who are older 54, I would think. Yeah. Um, at least that I know, except for us. Um, and it's because of that nostalgia, like I said, that happy days type of nostalgia, mm-hmm. whereas we're watching it for the people that are in it. Yeah. And so I feel like... That's so true. Like, a Hallmark, you're going to have to change your nostalgia brand. Because it's changing. That's so true, right? It does bother me that it's not more multicultural. Yeah. Because here's, my life is. You're so right. The women in the movie are our age. Yeah. But the women who are, 
you know, really watching it a lot are are much older. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point because when I think about, so, okay, real talk. I joined one of these Hallmark groups on Facebook and I'm not quite sure yet why I'm there. <laughs> I told Robin, I've either joined this because I'm this hokey and I want to know like what they're talking about because I want to join in the conversation and be like them mm-hmm. or which let me tell you, a lot of it is kind of like, it's a little much like remember the comment that I sent you where mm. just this woman was like waxing on and on about how good this movie was and how like they just the actors mean a lot to them and it's a lot. She's watched it 19 times and it's oh gosh it was crazy. I could barely get through one of them. Right. But without doing something else. So I'm not sure if I'm there in that regard or if I'm there like as a plant <laughs> kind of in a more sinister way to Find the one person that's not into it and market our podcast. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to, or, you know, if I'm just trying to get intel or, you know, kind of reconnaissance on the, on the Hallmark lover mm-hmm. and what is their angle. But, um, well, but yeah, the casual it's, mostly, person. it's mostly these 50 plus women that are making the comments. I mean, you can see their pictures are on there. So they're obviously, I mean, these are gray haired women. I mean, they're very lovely, but they're clearly you know, upwards of 45, let's say, mm-hmm. and they are the ones that have really the most kind of passionate, I guess is the right word, comments about these in movies. It. They're so in it. It's really crazy. Like, so, and let's examine wow. the demographic. So they were more likely to be able to sustain a household on one income. Yeah. They were more likely to stay married. You know, I'm not saying everyone did. Um, but no, you're or get remarried very quickly. So these storylines still hold true, and I'm, you know, again keeping it real. No copy editor in New York City can afford an apartment that looks like that. Or no mid-level or low-stream travel magazine is going to put someone up in a cabin in an extreme sports place in Colorado. Nope. They're going to be like, you're going to the Poconos. Right. Right. Exactly. You know. Um, the, the, they do the romantic jobs, and I part of it is because this is a romantic story, and it's not just romantic in the guy meet girl, it's the romantic in that romanticized idea of what you want. You want a job that you love. You want to go after it. You want to get it at an early age. You also want to find the, the man or the woman of your life, and let's, most guys are not going to watch this and think that it's viable. Right. Because they're not going to open up to a woman and tell them about their all the dead people in their life in the first 24 hours. <laughs> Y'all knew I was going to throw in the dead people. Shout out to Christmas Bell. <laughs> you need to listen to that one because I was, I, I was in rare form for that one, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely the formula and the formula can still work. Yes. And here's the thing. I still love watching his Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. I make fun of them because there are things about it I don't like. Right. It does not represent my reality or my ideal no. of life in America. Because no. my ideal is multicultural. The realism is absent. <laughs> and it's it's starkly absent. <laughs> and, and again, I, I just, and, and, you know, maybe the viewership, because Hallmark is a cable channel and it's in a special cable package, so you have to spend more money. So it does knock out a demographic that doesn't make enough money to have that kind of disposable income. But at the same time, it's like, I really don't like the idea that this belief of hope 
that your life can change in a week is only going to work for the white people. Well, and so then that's a good that's a good pivot point, right? Because another part of the formula, um, and you know, the formula really that we um, have been referencing um, came from uh, the Buzzfeed a Buzzfeed video that came out about Hallmark during holiday time, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of a spoofy, funny, you know, but it's this very is what true. You expect, but yeah, it's true, very true. So part and Hallmark of was, probably wouldn't pull away from that. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, they they can't like. Come on now. They have a budget, and I one of the articles said they film a mall. Yes, in like within a, like two months, right? And they, they all have like a two million dollar budget, like which is for a movie is very slim, right? Mm-hmm. And they film them all within about a month, um, in Canada, which you know it's cheaper to film up there. Everybody knows that it's not a yeah. state secret. Um, but another key part of the formula is this whiteness. So. You really and we joke about it on the podcast because of the white names, right? <laughs> For them and the blurry, visibly not white people, the blurry of black people, and then yes, just the absence of of multicultural folks. So you know, it is kind of this. Let's face the it: the main protagonist is always white. Her love interest is always white. The fiance that she currently has is always white. Which I'm going to get to that in a minute because. There's a whole thing there with some inappropriate behavior. But, you know, so I'm just going to read a little bit of a quote from this other article that we um, that we referenced. But uh, there are occasional sightings of Christmas sweater wearing black people, but they exist only to cheer on the dreams of the white leads. And everyone on Trump's naughty list, Muslims, gay people, feminists, has never crossed the snow capped green screen mountains to taint these quaint Christmas villages. Mm -hmm. I mean, and regardless of the Trump piece or whatever, you know, for me, that's kind of under the radar because these have been around since before mm-hmm. the rise of, of such, such said man, but and they just, had really good ratings before too. Yes. And they still only had white people. So I think there's a lot of truth to this. You know, the token black character that we joke about really is there simply to prop up or cheer on the white lead. Yeah. And so because America's the American dream is only for white people, right? And the SNL, so SNL did a skit as well on these Hallmark movies, and they had one that was so funny with um, with uh, Keenan. Oh, I cannot remember his last name right now from SNL. I'm so um, sorry, Keenan Kel. You yeah. guys know who Keenan and Kel Keenan. Yeah, and I've never known his last name. I don't think because I always know as Keenan. It's on there, but you know when they introduce on Saturday Night Live, they always say mm-hmm. their last names. I just can't remember right now. If it was white, you know the last name right now. <laughs> Just saying, Keenan, the white person sticking up for you in this conversation. I'm not going to say Keenan Johnson because that's not your last name. But anyway, so, but Keenan, he, they have him in the skit as the black person who, he's like the black co-worker because the girl gets trapped in a snow globe. Oh my God, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> you know, Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson, thank you. They, they made this fictional Hallmark movie where this girl gets trapped in snow globe and her black co-worker has, is the only one who can get her out. And yeah, but let's face it. He's the only one that can listen to her, but he's still going to go find a white guy to get her out. Probably. Because all he says is, what's, he said something the same four times. I don't remember. How but that happened or something like that? I just remember he kept shaking the snow globe, which I thought was freaking hysterical. But it's true, like, there's just kind of this... Is it a black dream to get a white person in some kind of enclosure and shake the hell out of them? Because it, it felt like that's what it was trying to tell me. 
Maybe that's where we're going with this. Uh, reparations. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's how we. That's how we get our due. Nobody's gonna pay us, so <laughs> we're not gonna do little fun stuff like that. Put you in snow But yeah, like I think there's just something to this idea that you know there's not, and I think Lifetime did a better job of this because I feel mm-hmm. like Lifetime actually during the holidays, and I need to go back and look. They did actually do some you know, movies where black folks were the center of the actual movie, where it was awesome. actually about them. Um, I think actually Ion Television did one called The Christmas Cruise that was with Vivica A. Fox and um, Christoph St. John, who's actually on The Young and the Restless. They did one, and they're black, you know. Mm-hmm. So, sorry if y'all don't know that. Um, but, yeah, so... Certain networks are getting there, but I think Hallmark, to me, is making a choice not to do it. And then when they do sprinkle a black person in there, it's simply to prop up the storyline. Because it makes the people that still lived through segregation uncomfortable. (laughs) And that is, I don't think that jabs. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure they believe that they work, but it's more of the, they got the same job. They got shoes? Oh my god. Okay. Well, again, a real conversation I've had. Because I've had these conversations, because I get way too serious with everybody. Mm -hmm. But my mom is like, I'm not racist, but I'll never date a black man. (laughs) Like, uh, what are you? (laughs) We're both like, what? So does it just need to. Do the generations just have to turn over, and does it literally have to die out? Right. And it might have to, but at some point, again, Hallmark, if you're going after a target audience, you need to start pulling more of what the audience wants. Unless, I mean, yes, middle America, the quote-unquote flyover states, the heartland of America, Mm -hmm. those are largely more white. Right. Which is fine or whatever. If that is your target demographic, then then go for it. But at the same time, you have black people, Latino people, transgender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and the other point that this article makes is, you know, it, it says, and I quote, a lot of older religious people are black people and Latino people and all of that. So it's funny to me that they haven't made the decision, hey, you know, we're leaving a lot of money on the table. So, But are they? I'm not. Because I don't know. Well, and this is just the question I would ask back to that is, again, even with the older Latino and African-American people, or black, I, I got yelled at in one of my classes for saying African-American, because my students were like, we don't know anything about Africa. <laughs> like, we're black. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's how I see it, too. But at the same time, people will yell at you either way. So just, yeah. whatever. I'm what comfortable else? with either. It's fine. I'm all about, you know, self-claiming. Yeah. Whatever you claim. But again, that generation, still, the nostalgia for them is white people on TV. Because mm. where were the black shows? Right. I mean, 227 was groundbreaking when it started, and that was in the 80s. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know. I, I get what you're saying, that we can go they back would to want good times some. and Sanford and Son and some yes. of that stuff. That was so it does exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that the reason that it's not as big of an issue mm-hmm. is because it, it – it's one of those things that I don't think you realize it mm-hmm. until someone points it out. Yeah, maybe so. 
but I'm white, so I'm on the completely other side of this equation. Because everything has always been my race. So I honestly don't know. I'm just postulating. Yeah, and no, and for me, it's one of these things where, so, oh gosh, I just feel like I could go on about a million things. But I guess the general point I'll make is that, we'll be at it, as I get older, it becomes more obvious. And as I raise my son, it becomes more obvious. And when I don't see people who look like me, whether it's at work, whether it's in my friend groups, whether it's on television or something I'm choosing to watch, right? Because I pay for TV and I choose to watch things. You know, I have to start making a decision about what, you know, where will I spend my time, you know, or where will I reclaim my time? Hashtag Maxine Waters. But, you know, (laughs) it's important, though, to think about those things and, you know, and whatever. I want yeah, to watch trash too. Well, yeah. I'll be watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I mean, <laughs> you have no idea her obsession with those. Shows. I know, I know. It is. Yeah. It gets a lot. It's deep. But, and that's fine. I, that's, I'm an adult and I make my decision and that's fine. Um, I also don't waste my time doing a lot of other dumb shit. But, you know, at the same time, like, it's just, you know, you look for people who look like you and when you don't see them, you should question that, you know. Well, even I have noticed it more if I have gone to things in neighbor like I, I talk about environmental justice, which is you know, making sure you have environmental quality with different races and different socioeconomic groups and you know, not every toxic waste dump should only be in the poor black area, right? That was a big eighties thing. Um and so I I'm big proponent on you know the melting pot and all of this but at the same time I will admit that when I go into certain communities and I am one of the only white people you feel it Mm -hmm. and you know I told my students this the one day it was just like you know that moment where you realize that and it hits you that's what I mean you have to have that realization because all I could think of is for most of these the people in this room this is what they feel like every day like, yeah. of course. And and that's why people are like, well, we didn't want, you know, everyone talked about integration, but everyone still wants to live with their own people. Well, hell yeah, because we understand each other. Right. You know, in, in, in our generation, it's a little different. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's always an interesting conversation. Um, and, you know, I think even something as trivial, trivial, frivolous... <laughs> Trivial. trivial and tri- frivolous and trivial. So I like it. That's now trivial. Trivial. New word. What? Boom! I just did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> even something as trivial as a Hallmark movie can, you know, can make a conversation about something bigger. You know what I mean? And can make a conversation about something that, um, you know. And I think we we touch on it in this podcast all the time. You know, just in terms of you know, uh, the stereotypes about women, um, or, you know, the stereotypes around race or the lack of, of representation. Um, and we do it in fun and and in jest, but, um, you know, I think this was fun to kind of take a, you know, an article or two and kind of talk about them, um, or take the SNL skits or the Huff, the Huff post, um, video and, you know, I think it's wind it up a little bit. It's good to, it's good to look at the implications. 
of what you're really doing. Now, are we ever going to stop watching Hallmark? No. Nah, man. Because you know what? If there's a puppy in it, I don't care what race you are. I'm watching it. Or if Joe Law is in that, I'm going to watch that. Yes. Now, just for some other statistics. Lopez. I looked this shit up and I printed it out so I'm saying it. <laughs> this is the way I talk. Sorry, people. Okay. Make it interesting. <laughs> wow. I'm a college professor. Nothing I say is interesting. <laughs> what? What? So some of the articles that I have looked at talk about, well, why would Hallmark change? Why would they make it any less white? Because America's white. <laughs> America is 72% white. Yeah, large majority is still white. That's a lot of y'all. <laughs> wow. 13% black or African American. 5% Asian. Right, let's go to where's Hispanic. But wait, hold on one second. When you talk about that seventy-two percent white, it takes me to this line in the article that we were reading. So again, this is that the first article we're talking about. I'm sorry, and I didn't say from who Thrillist. Wrote it. From Thrillist by Samantha Rose Hill is the author of the article. Totally cool. Um, we will call you out. The other no. Yeah no. <laughs> yeah, the other one no. But she says. It's what people in red states were and still are watching as affirmative action of their beliefs about how the world should be. In other words, it's not an escape from America, but a full realization of a certain kind of ideal America. And the notes I wrote next to that are, what kind of America? Without diverse individuals, without conflict beyond my boyfriend wants to propose to me, without big cities? Like, what kind of America are we talking about? For these, yeah, because the New York City that is all white, I have never experienced no, that New no, York City. I didn't live there. <laughs> Guys, it's forty-five percent African American. That's insane. And they're not blurred out in real life. <laughs> for those of you who've never seen a black person, they are not actually pixelated. We, we exist like just like y'all, like with skin and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, but it's again, if. If the movie's going to take place in a flyover state, largely white, get it. Cool. If it's taking place in California, first of all, if it's taking place in California, they're not all white, and most of them are not sober. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're in one of the bigger cities, chances are you're, you've had a drink or two, or you're high, or something. Hashtag Berkeley. But, you know, you go to New York City, it's multicultural. You know, the only places that aren't really multicultural are the middle, and for everyone who doesn't realize this, because I didn't realize this, the South. Well, okay, so then they also say, Hallmark's appeal is strongest in the Midwest and South, closely mirroring the electoral college map from the 2016 presidential election. And I like this too. While those who supported Hillary Clinton are more likely to favor dark comedies, unconventional families, anti-heroes, and strong female leads, Trump voters prefer shows that depict traditional family values, male leads, and heroes do the right thing. Here's my question. Who why, doesn't like the hero that does the right thing? <laughs> right. Well, why can't a dark comedy feature a female hero who does the right thing? I'm using air quotes. Mm -hmm. And what is right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like again, right is so relative. Relative mm -hmm. to your circumstance. Relative to your experience. Relative to the friggin' situation. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm sorry, 
some of these white girls in these movies are not doing the right thing. No. Because they are in a Christmas town, away from their big city fiance, uh, really Falling getting close to some dude. <laughs> and wanting to kiss them. Yes. And in some cases, doing it. Is that right? Y'all, you should see her face. I'm so, you know, my but finger no, in the But no, it is true. And you brought it up in a couple of the movies, you know. I think at least a Christmas bride, right? We always talked and laughed about what the fuck, Mike. Oh, because okay. she did break it off with him, but he didn't get it, right? That's his own right. problem. No, that, that was point. his own problem. Yeah. But you know, missed um, white girl who's <laughs> gonna be engaged to white guy that works on Wall Street. Big Martin. 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, she got mad at Barton for showing up and ruining her romantic evening with another guy. She was so mad. Wait, which one was that one? What's the name of that movie? Not Frozen in Love. That Love one. on the slopes. Love on the slopes. Love on <laughs> Where black people don't go. Because <laughs> we don't eat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when we do, we take out full family, so yeah, we try to limit it. But yeah, it's just it, morality. If you're going to talk about morality, then let's be moral. Right. But And I, I, I've said it again. Morality doesn't have a skin color, though. No. Jesus doesn't only go to one color or another. Whether you're into Jesus or not. I, I harp on the Jesus thing because I'm part of the Jesus thing, but I just I don't like the whole Jesus is really only for white people. I really don't think that's true. No, and I don't, you know. But um but yeah, yeah, I actually underline the same thing because what woman twenty four to fifty four doesn't want a strong female lead? Right. Why are we all weak individuals? Now, mind you, we all have our moments and we feel weak. And a lot of that is because of that social pressure. Right. So it's this self-fulfilling cycle. Because we're busy trying to do everything yeah. and be everything to everyone. So then why aren't the women in these movies doing that? They're a copy editor that can go to Colorado for a week? Girl? Girl? No. Yeah. And even the girls. The girls. The women who have kids, right? There's always a puppy or a kid. <laughs> or or something else that's savvy. But even the single moms, it's like they they mention the struggle. Right. But they don't show the struggle. No, their lifestyle does not reflect a struggle. They talk about that actually in this article, I think, earlier on too, where... Because Candace Cameron was in one of these, which we haven't recapped with one uh, one with her yet. Which but, is insane, because she's... Amazing. Oh my gosh, she's like the sweetheart of this whole franchise. But um, she is in one where she's a twin. Switch for Christmas is the name of the movie. And that was one that premiered in 2017. And one half of her, twindom, plays a single mom. She's got this big, gorgeous house. I mean... She's like a, Does it happen? She's yes. a school teacher. Oh, no. That no. doesn't happen. And she's got this big, gorgeous house, and, like, everything's cool. And I'm just like, wait, I'm sorry. No. You make $50,000 a year, and you've been this, you know. If Does that, she even make $50,000? I don't even know, because she's. they were in Littleton, Colorado. So this is, like, a small town mm-hmm. outside of Denver or whatever. Give me a break. Dude, like, in Charlotte, North Carolina, if you're in North no Carolina, you're making $30,000 a year. You are lucky to be able to buy a townhome. And they actually have developments around here. Where they restrict the people who can buy based on if they're if you, you can live in this neighborhood and get a special deal on your mortgage if you're a public servant because they know yeah. you don't make the money. Yeah, they're barely above the poverty line. I'm sure. My goodness. Yeah, I make good money on paper, 
as a single mom. And I have, I'm very lucky that my son's father is great about paying for things and helping out time and money. I mean, he's been great because he loves his son and he's very active in his son's life. That's great. It is still hella hard. <laughs> hella hard. I mean, dude, yeah. Reagan gets an email, or not an email, because I don't email, like a text message once every two days. It's like, Reagan, I'm a mess again. Can you believe I did this? I'm a horrible mom, or I'm a horrible person, or I did this, or I did that. Now, granted, those are my own issues, and I've got Prozac, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you and the Prozac are so tight. <laughs> tight. It used to be a little Debbie, but I'm trying to wash the waistline, so that's Prozac. I told you, these cinnamon rolls were not a good idea. But they were amazing. They're so delicious. What, what? But it also talks about, um, I don't like relating it to Trump voters because I just feel that Trump is even different for the Republicans. <laughs> but. They're even split on him. Yeah. <laughs> I think what they're trying to say, Republican voters, the conservative sure. viewership, prefer shows that depict traditional family values male leads, and heroes who do the right thing. Again, just reiterating that. Traditional family values. I know more black families that have traditional families than, than white families. The, the, the divorce rate is so high. I think it's depicted more that quote-unquote deadbeat dads are black and not white, but it's not true. You can, I, you can have just as many deadbeat dads that are white. Right. It, it I, race doesn't play into that. If if race does play a role, I would like to do further research. Is it because they have a higher paying job in the HR department at their company is going to make sure they pay their child support? Right. Is it because their parents are rich and want to see their grandkid? I mean, there are so many different types of, of criteria here. But the heroes who do the right thing. Can I please tell you how excited I was? And you may laugh at this. Black Panther. Like, I am a huge... Reagan laughs at me, probably. I don't know. You don't switch to my face. I love I the superhero stuff. I am all in. Freaking love Guardians of the Galaxy. Talk about a strong female character, played by a black woman, but she's green. I'm just saying, that is awesome. Okay. I love it. Then you have Black Panthers coming out. It is one of the first major blockbusters with a black lead and... Pretty much an all-black cast. I mean, I think the villain is the white guy. Yeah. Um, but they just had the premiere recently. Everyone looks flawless. Everyone looks gorgeous. And I'm actually excited about it. I do photography. I collect Funko Pops because I'm crazy. And apparently I have disposable income, which I really don't have. <laughs> I'll be eating rice for next week. Um, and Hallmark, I'm just asking you. Yeah. If you're targeting my demographic, I want to see something that reflects my life. And I live in small town south. In the small town south. Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a great point, you know. Um, and the feminist thing. Oh, I haven't even talked about. I just went on the race thing. I know the whole strong female guys. Like I have a good job. I managed a town. I was a town manager. People. Yeah. Did I feel like a mess? Yes. Was I a mess? No. Yeah. Do I deserve love in three days? I would like to think so. You absolutely do, Robin. Thank you. But it's a good point. Like, you know, we haven't even really scratched the surface on the uh, on the, the female tropes and, and stereotypes. But I think we, we, we probably hit on them pretty well 
you know, when we actually, when we recap. actually recap movies. But, um, yeah, they've, they've got to get... And yeah, I, I guess at this point, Hallmark probably feels like, I mean, it, these articles, every article that you read about Hallmark Channel is that they are just blowing out ratings numbers. Now, I don't... I don't know if that's all year long. I don't think so. I think it's during the holiday season. Um, or probably during Valentine's Day because you want the sappy sure. love. Yes, everything love story. ends up good. Yeah, of course. And I still want the everything ends up good. Yes, and sure. I still want to fall in love in seven days. Yes, and we want I just that wouldn't mind if winter, winter, spring, summer, and fall. <laughs> Not just during Christmas. Sing the song. Sorry, oh. the holidays. James um, <laughs> Taylor coming out for us. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I think what would be kind of funny is to Reagan's gonna keep me to a time give us a little comic relief and end on the uh, the SNL skit and just at least a portion of it that's so funny that uh, when they had James Franco hosting and regardless of what you think of James Franco I don't know what his deal is and I don't really know the whole thing um, but they did a really hilarious spoof on these Hallmark movies so I just want to play a little bit of one we won't let you forget it with our countdown to Christmas. From the people who bring you one-sentence greeting cards comes 21 full-length original Christmas movies coming this December. Lydia leaves her big city job to run her grandmother's Christmas tree farm and sparks fly when she crosses paths with her high school sweetheart. The only catch, he's young Santa. Is that your fiancé? Come on, come on, pick up. It's either me or Christmas, Lydia. He works too much, so it's okay if I cheat on him. Jessica Normal and Canadian handsome Chris Bearstick star in Yes, Santa. <laughs> I just love it. If you haven't seen the SNL skit, you've got to go take a look. It's hilarious. There's actually more spoofs. There's the one about the snow globe and, and even another one about a girl who hits her head on a freaking light pole and, and um, walks into it with her eyes open because that's what white girls do <laughs> maybe that's why they don't have black female leads in these movies because black women are smarter than all of this <laughs> as a black woman would you put an ad on craigslist no and i don't believe i'm gonna fall in love in three days <laughs> no i will anyway. say just just for the sake so we did cover netflix yes. um hallmark style movie yeah we did um it was not any better <laughs> no but they did have a latino man they did the who was, was very gay seeming when i say gay seeming obviously you can be any person in the world and be gay but that stereotypical flamboyant ultra out there gay pride man yeah they wanted which you is to cool he was gay. sure yeah so i think i think you know if, if hallmark is just gonna stick with their stuff they had a black Netflix, person too. Like, yeah. They had like one of the co-workers of hers was black. Yes. I think she was female. Yeah. Yes. A black woman and, and the gay Latino guy uh, to get the diversity in there. But Netflix, if, if Hallmark isn't going to like show them, show somebody because I think your viewership would go up. Now on that, that's what people are saying. They're leaving money on the table. Leaving a ton of money on the table. So Reagan and I have had this talk. And she doesn't take me seriously, but I'm going to put the plug out of here. And y'all, comment and tell me what you think. I think Reagan should somehow find a way to get Oprah to listen to her. Oh, I please, think, Gail, somebody. Yeah. We need to have 
black Hallmark channel. And maybe one exists. There's like the mahogany cards. So yes. maybe it exists and I just don't know about it. Black Hall. That's what we're going to call it. Black Hall. She's going to call it Black Hall. I don't know if that's exactly what you want to call it. And um, so Reagan's going to do it. Yep. One of these days we're going to do a mock video for it yep. for you guys. But um, the only way this is going to work, Oprah, if you're listening. Gail. Okay. <laughs> Reagan's obsessed with Gail, by the way. I love Gail. Maybe I'm sporting, but what? <laughs> um, please help us do this. But I just want to be the one token white person in the first movie. Yes. This channel will basically be a channel, not just one movie. This entire channel will basically be me starring in all these movies. Or with, Carrie Washington. No. Get out of my movie. She's not going to do it. Because she's too A-list. This is me starring in all these movies, wearing Olivia Pope coats and Birkin bags. And Chucks. And strutting yeah. around like that, talking about and Christmas. Her, and her pencil skirt and pumps. That's right. <laughs> talking about Christmas, talking about autumn, because we don't call it fall, right? We have to say autumn. What? I thought fall. What is that? I feel like in a Hallmark movie, it's autumn. Is it? That's from Autumn Harvest. <laughs> and I'm going to be some kind of... Entry-level employee right. at the age of 40. I will um, order her around to, And I'm know, just going to tell you how stuff. amazing you are all the time. Because I do it anyway. <laughs> Guys, her skin is freaking flawless and it pisses me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. But. Oh, my gosh. Nothing but these essential oils. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even. Can't even. Anywho. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do this. At some point, we'll do a, we'll do a little video. We'll get some stuff in there. Yeah. We'll find some people to help us with it. We'll pop it into the Instagram story at least, but probably we'll, we might do a full length video that we put actually on the Not Instagram. Not full page. length. Not full length. <laughs> girl, our podcasts are longer than a full length movie. Through <laughs> <laughs> that, girl. Um, and edit. Trust me, Reagan edits. We talk for way too damn long. Oh yeah, I gotta edit a lot, but it it works for us. It's it great works for us. But um, anyway. I think we've done enough for now, because Reagan's giving me the look. Just shut up. <laughs> shut up, white girl. <laughs> no, I did not. Anyway, guys, don't forget to definitely follow us on Instagram. Happily Never After Pod uh, is our Instagram account name. Um, we have a Facebook page, uh, Happily Never After, so search us there. You can send us an email at happilyneverafterpod at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to hear from you, you know, take questions, comments. Um, and definitely, guys, if you listen to even just one, rate us on iTunes, yes. please, because that would help us. We get more visibility the more people rate, even if it's bad, which you can't rate us anything less than a four, because we're amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely uh, give us a rating and comment. Yeah, hit us up. All right. Thanks, guys. It's been super fun bringing you uh, these fun articles on the Hallmark formula. And um, we'll catch you next time on Happily Never After. <laughs> <laughs>